249th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quizmaster Lee, and I'm here with fellow master of the quiz, Mark Davis. Hi. This is a very good question. Yeah. We're here with Kyle Ann, too. Hey. Welcome back, darling. What kind is this? So it's pistachio, dark chocolate, and halva, which is a kind of, it's like a Mediterranean, a Middle Eastern confection. It's basically sweetened tahini, and it kind of has a marshmallowy texture, and it's very unusual, but it's very good, and it pairs very well with pistachios. This shit's good as hell. Yeah, man. It is. And it's like, it's different than... uh I'm not a big pistachio guy, um, but I don't really taste like overwhelming pistachio. It's just nutty. Yeah, that's the halva is like providing that sweetness so Mm -hmm. that you just have basically like the occasional pistachio and it makes sense within the flavor profile. Mm -hmm. Fits right in. Honestly, it doesn't even like need the chocolate, but I mean, it's chocolate. Yeah, I like I it. I got into a big bite of chocolate. I was like, I'm glad that chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's 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 different. I mean, and I I'm, I, I uh, yeah, I like it. Wowzers! Welcome back to the show, darling. Hi. Thanks for sitting in for our uh, quiz today. Of course, love. Mark, how about we go over a weekly wrap up real quick? Okay, darling. Quiz number 527 started with a strong lead by You Smell Different When You're Awake. This was at uh, Pointy Bell Brewing Company before a final round shakeup saw them eclipsed by Sister Sister, who won with 112 points. You Smell Different in second place with 101 points and Little More Sleep in third with 96 points. And quiz number 528 at Ollie's started with L Wet Boys. That's Mark and Company. Leading with a perfect first round. You guys just had to let everybody know in the room who got that perfect first round. Didn't end up meaning much, did it? No, you were humbled in the second (laughs) round. uh, Ultimately leading to Peanut the Dog's Sleeveless Summer picking up a single point victory with 106 points. Indoctrination specialists in second. (laughs) I I got a sneeze coming. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just going to try and... uh, Hold it off there. Indoctrination specialist in second with 105 points and just the tips in third place with 97 points. That's what happened at No Nonsense Trivia Live this week. Mark, how was trivia at Nice Guys Pizza? It was very good. Ronald Reagan's grave is a gender neutral bathroom came in winning in the first and second round. Big ups to them. Uh, They gave us some tickets for the Mound House, uh, Fort Myers Beach. Um, and we're, and they're one of them is I can't I can't remember if it was Adam or Logan, um, from Ronald Reagan's grave as a generational bathroom, doing a a uh, talk here this Tuesday. I don't this will it'll already have been done by the time this comes out. I'm sure, but about uh, LGBT community in Southwest Florida's history. Very cool, uh, right? Which I'm looking forward to going to. He's a local That's historian. Tuesday. Yes. Yep. Okay. Maybe um, I'll come with you. There, you, please, please. 5.30 doors, 6 o'clock the talk. Okay. I'll be there. Do you mind? Would you mind if I took your lovely wife out? Cooled me. For a night at the Mound Home? She don't need my permission. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. that uh, They came, won the first, second round. Third round, not so much. Penis Pied Pipers. 
uh, winning uh, locally with 61 points. Um, however, Whiskey Tango is back. Hey. 71 points. All right. So, nice. Coming back in fresh. Oh, yeah. Kicking ass and taking names, and they're all out of names. If you missed it and you'd like to join us for trivia soon, <laughs> starting this week, we're in Cape Coral at Ollie's Pub on a new night. We're there now on Tuesdays Tuesday. at 7.30 p.m. We hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards. Free cards! Which you could use at the bar on one of their signature sandwiches. Try the many Ollie-licious offerings <laughs> on the menu at Ollie's Pub every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. when we have our weekly quiz. Wednesdays, we're live at Pointy Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and to suggest categories for next week's quiz and to enjoy God-tier smash burgers from our weekly there food vendor. There we go. Yes, daddy. Come, come play You're our so weekly good. quiz at Pointy Bell Brewing Company starting at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. And big news this week. We what, what, what? We will be debuting at our first new venue in over two years at Fathom's Restaurant and Bar in Cape Coral. Fathom's is located in Cape Harbor. It is a casual waterside eatery and bar that serves upscale pub food. You can get items such as a Bavarian pretzel served with a honeycomb dipping sauce, bourbon mac and cheese. You could order something from the Fisherman's Corner, or you could get something that I know Kylian is going to be excited about, their Caribbean lobster roll. Yo. Yeah. And they also have a handcrafted pizza menu and a new summer cocktail list. You know what I think you'd like, Mark? Mm. A 12-ounce sous vide pork chop mm-hmm. served with a Marsala mushroom sauce. I have played at Fathoms a number of times. Same. And I will tell you that their burger that they have their burger is, is so good. Outrageous. Yeah. It is their burgers are so good. Really everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've played it in Fathoms a number of times as well. Can confirm it is an awesome spot. You should check it out. Come out, play the quiz over the summer, explore the menu. We'll be offering Fathoms gift cards for first, second, and third place at this new weekly quiz event. Our debut quiz at Fathoms will cover popular topic requests such as food, sports, animals, history, geography and fan-favorite pop culture categories, including Marvel, Star Wars, The Office, Friends, and more. Come enjoy some perfect pub provisions and even more perfect quiz at Fathoms in Cape Coral on Thursday, June 22nd this week at 6.30 p.m. Hashtag not an ad. Are you saying that your quiz is more perfect than their food? I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said (laughs) that. But of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. For a link to the Zoom meeting, check out the show notes or visit http colon slash slash bit dot ly. That's bit.ly slash Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. And on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, you will be connected to this beautiful gentleman right here, live on cam, and he will be quizzing you over and over again. And sometimes I'll talk to you in between the questions and say stuff like, who in the fuck puts down Canada when I say what continent? And they'll be like, ugh. I'll be like, yeah. Indeed. (laughs) You'll have that. You could have an experience such as that. 
Yeah. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. Mm. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us. Won't you? We still got it, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That harmonized. Just want to point out, we are putting up, um, we did not hear from B-Rad yet. Episode's only been up for a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, if you are a quiz master and you're looking for some questions, if you go to our Patreon page, you sign up on Patreon for, uh, well, for $3, you get access to all our, our past episodes. So if you've just been listening recently, you want to go back to the very beginning, sign up as a Rumpel Snail Skin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next tier up, our proverbial light keepers for $6 a month get access to our bonus episodes, which have, uh, you know, a couple extra, maybe 10 extra questions per episode. And then if you are a quiz daddy, you get access to our live quiz archive where I am putting up full quizzes. So if you just go over to the Patreon page, sign up for our quiz daddy tier, you'll get access to the archive, all the bonus episodes, and a free weekly quiz. Lots of trivia. You can just use those questions at your live trivia events. Boom. Just go to the nono.com, click the support link at the top, and that will take you to our Patreon page. As I mentioned, patron tiers start at only $3, so go check it out and sign up today. All right, let's take a little break, and then we'll be right back with our first round of questions. Okay. And we are back. Lee, Kyle. Yes. Lee. Yes. Cordata, Arthropoda, and Mollusca are all examples of which biological taxonomic rank? Cordata, Arthropoda, and Mollusca are all examples of which biological taxonomic rank? arthropod mollusks those are sea creatures mm-hmm. a mollusk is like a uh like a clam right like a uh or is that or like a am i getting this right it's or is it hmm. arthropods are like uh like a hermit crab right uh, i'm not sure it's like like a creature with like a shell okay so these all to me are like shell creatures. Shellfish? Is that, that is that a taxonomical class? I don't know what it I don't even know what a taxonomical class is. Can you give me an example? N- no, are he's you not gonna, gonna no. that's not how it works. You know that. <laughs> um so it would be like a taxonomical class. It would be like a um Mustelid. <laughs> Cordata, arthropoda, mm-hmm. and mollusca are all examples of which biological taxonomic rank? Rank. Not even class. A rank. 
sergeant. Rank four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Master and commander. <laughs> I think it's like, well, Mollusk like, is, a, is a ween album. It's, yeah. So like I said, mollusks, I thought those were like scallops and clams and shit. Mm-hmm. Oysters. Yeah. Arthropods. I thought, I could be totally wrong here. I could be getting this mixed up. But I thought. Would that be like a shrimp? Are they all crustaceans? Crustacean. Crustacean. Well, no, 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 no. no, Because uh, clams and those are not crustaceans. Crustaceans, I believe, are... Well, cordata is crabs. Mm, And arthropods is... Well, well, the thing is, is a crustacean is literally like... uh, Isn't it... It's They are spineless, but they have a hard exoskeleton. Isn't that what denotes a... Uh, a crustacean sounds like some of our commanders in chief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I thought so, maybe this could be the answer, but if that's the if that's the definition, then like a crust, like I feel like, or me, I don't know. I'm yeah, no. I think th- they are considered crustacean because like shrimps, they have that. It's not it. They they have an exoskeleton. It's not quite as hard as like say like a crab or a lobster. Um, Arthropod. I'm like trying to think of eighth grade fucking marine biology class and I can't think of anything. But these are definitely sea creatures. So like an arthropod would be like a lobster maybe? Maybe. I I thought an arthropod was like a horseshoe crab. Like where there's like, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, they have like a shell and they come out of it. Or is an arthropod a like a starfish? I don't remember. Oh my god, I don't remember. Dang it. Or like a sea urchin arthropod. You know what I mean? Like little. Maybe they're all arthropods. Maybe a lobster and those. It seems like maybe it's like degrees of mobility. Like the mollusk has to use like they're like bivalves, what? right? And they have to like squirt water to move around what and stuff. Taxonomic. And arthropods point. have legs and maybe. Because a cephalopod cordata. is like octopus. octopus. Yep. Mm-hmm. So arthropod. What taxonomical rank? I mean, honestly, like I Crustation. don't. That's not right. If it, but I mean, we can guess that. It's like sea creature, like marine, uh, ma- not a marine mammal. It's because that's not a mammal. It's uh marine invertebrate. Yeah, a marine invertebrate. Like, but is isn't there like I thought that man is marine ever in a in a biological rank though i mean taxonomic rank yeah but we're talking that's what we're talking about is i don't think they i think that's more of like a like common categorization yeah than, invertebrate mm-hmm. um i i it, we can go i don't know how you would want i don't know i have no idea either <laughs> I guess, I mean, crustacean's wrong, but we can guess that. If you know it's wrong, then we shouldn't guess it. <laughs> but I have no other guesses. It can't be crab. It can't be something as, like, specific as that, because a mollusk is not a crab. So it's got to be some order bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Do you think cordata is crabs? I've n- I couldn't even speculate. Cordata? Mm-hmm. I hear cord- cordata, 
And I think cortado, which is a type of delicious espresso beverage. Mm. <laughs> Not helpful. Sounds delicious, though. Yeah. Um, man, right out with the heavy hitters here. Crustaceans. I'm, I'm up against two strong peeps. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's incorrect. You guys kind of, I think, started going down there for a minute. Taxonomal, taxonomic rank, domain, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species. Those are the. Oh, so you're looking for ranks. one of those? Yes. Oh, okay. So those would be. Um, it would be under kingdom and domain. So marine. Order. No, no. The marine was not. He did not say marine in that list. Well then, invertebrate. It would be like species. No, no, no. The rank of the of the taxonomical order. He just he just said them. Oh. So are they? They're not species. They're families, right? Or genus? Uh, are those the same thing? Those are the same thing, probably. Genus. They're not the same species. They're probably the same genus. Yeah. yeah. Genus. So that's incorrect. Phylum <sighs> is the correct answer. Okay. Phylum. I usually have a little bit in my throat when I wake up. All right. Well, I have a question about crustaceans more specifically. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. After all those crustaceans. I know. Yeah. That, maybe that's Trend why I was sutter. I was pushing for it. Holler. Including claws, how many pairs of legs do crawfish typically have? Including claws, how many pairs of legs do crawfish typically have? No, how many pairs of legs? Yeah. That's the tricky part. Including claws. So... I want to say four. I would say four. Because they're, for all intents and purposes, like spiders, yes. right? Well, no, they're, well, I thought they were more like, I, I wouldn't say spiders. I'd say more like, like little bugs. Yeah. They're like, they're literally called mud bugs. <laughs> little in, bugs. <laughs> yeah, they're literally called mud, mud bugs. I've uh, never heard you sound so self. <laughs> <laughs> little I bugs. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say spiders. They're more like, Little bugs. bugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right? Yeah, so, I would say four. So we're going to say four pairs. I'm so sorry. <sighs> Including the claws, five pairs. Mm. They have eight little legs to move around on and two to get you. Oh, son of a bitch. Nah. Fuck you, crawfish. That's how I feel. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. So well. Here's your next question for me. Do not sow are the words of which major house of Westeros? This is we you, babe. do not sow are the words of which major house of Westeros? We do not sow. So it, we do not like S O W sow. S-D-W. That's correct. Oh. Okay. We do not sew. <laughs> Fuck sewing. <laughs> we use tape. We need a hem of garments. Uh, hmm. Is it Tully? Catlin's family? We do not sew. Reapers only. Greyjoy. I was, yeah, was going to say, because I keep thinking about you reap what you sew. Mm-hmm. And they do not sow. So they got nothing. Do you think it's 
the Aarons? Whatever is that? House Aaron. House Aaron. We do not sow because they live in the sky, so they don't have agriculture. Hmm. Well, I wonder if it's one of the main ones. Isn't that a it's, main one? I mean, I would say the main. There's like four main ones. There's Stark. Ty- Stark. Uh, Lannister. Lannister, and then Tyrells. Mm-hmm. Boltons. I would not call the Boltons a major one. And theirs is like fucking macabre. They're because they're like fucking Targaryen. freaks over there. It's not Targaryen. Is it? We do not so. I mean, the Lannisters. No, I think the Targaryens are like, why am I attracted to my sister? That's <laughs> their house words. Yeah. Tully. We do not so. I don't know. Tully. Maybe Tully. I'm feeling. What about the phrase? Um, what about the phrase? That's what I was just thinking. It's maybe they it's seem obs- like obstructive, fucking and weirdos, obstinate. Also. Yeah, yeah, we do not so. House Frey. Okay, let's go with it. House Frey. Sorry, that's incorrect. Ah. The correct answer is House Greyjoy. Oh, oh. yeah. See, we House didn't get Greyjoy. To, we didn't even get through all the four major ones. That's what's. That's one of the four major ones. Absolutely, yeah. It's I would say it's uh, Stark, um, Targaryen. Lannister and Greyjoy are kind of the four major. And the Greyjoys are like the, the seafaring. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. They, again, they don't, they're yeah, not farmers. They're, they're ocean people. Yeah. They live on pike. Uh-huh. Ocean yeah. man. Yeah. Good You're one. Full of uh, wing references yeah. today. <laughs> this one's for you, Justin. <laughs> All right. Uh, Greek gods question. In Greek mythology, who was the daughter of Zeus and Leto and the twin sister of Apollo? And was considered the goddess of wild animals, the hunt, vegetation, and of chastity and childbirth. Yeah, I do know this. So, do. I. (laughs) (laughs) So do I. Yeah. I know this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we, on the count of three, yes, say it out loud? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Artemis. Artemis. We're going to say Artemis. That's correct. Yes, Artemis Prime. But that's not what you guys wrote down. Nope. At, uh, at Trivia this week. It is isn't. No. Um, we lean pretty heavy on Fletch for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put Athena. And he did receive a head nod from his wife. And, uh, because I don't fucking know. But I remember now. I remember thinking Artemis, because it's the twin brother of her twin and sister of who? Apollo. Apollo and Artemis. For some reason, that sounds right to me. But I didn't say anything. And I said, I don't know, because I didn't know. I was um, just curious what was going on there. But yeah, I, that's uh, I feel like Artemis is not a kind of a rare trivia question answer. Mm-hmm. There was some character in something named Artemis. It's always sunny, right? I think you're right. Artemis Fowl. Oh, that's also, yeah, that's a uh, book series and Mm -hmm. Disney movie property. Yes. Huh. All right. Here is your next question. What U.S. president was known as father of the Constitution? 
what U.S. president was known as father of the Constitution? James Madison? That's what I was thinking. I'm pretty confident it's James Madison. Mm-hmm. Let's go with it. All right. James, James Madison. Madison. Good job. You got it. Perfect. Thank I know you. that guy. Way to go. Number four? Oh, Do I know that there. guy? Somewhere in that sweet spot. <laughs> four to six. Five was Quincy Adams, right? And three was uh, Jefferson. You're right? asking the wrong Uh-oh. dude. Isn't James Adams the one that sent all those John sexy... Adams. John Adams the one that sent all those sexy uh, letters to his wife? Yeah. He missed her. Aww. Oh, yeah. you know. Very romantic couple. Hey, get sexy, bro. Magnum P.I., the original series. Did you watch that, Mark? Uh, a little bit. Not much. My sister was obsessed with The original with one or the new one? The original. Yeah. Kind of a popular request, actually, down here. I, I don't know if the, uh, the new version has stoked an interest in, in the original. But here's the question. On the original Magnum P.I., which famous actor and filmmaker played the role of Magnum's elusive benefactor in five voiceover performances? Orson Welles. I don't know. Can you read it one more time? On the original Magnum P.I., which famous actor and filmmaker played the role of Magnum's elusive benefactor in five voiceover roles? That does seem like an Orson Welles type thing, doesn't it? Like providing voiceover work. Yeah. Magnum P.I. was like late 80s, early 90s, correct? And yeah. he is an actor and filmmaker. And uh, my sister, she loved Magnum P.I. a lot. She, like She watched a lot of Magnum P.I. when we were kids. And to me, that would indicate like... She was a huge like Orson Welles fan too, so maybe that mm. was maybe what made her want to watch it in the first place. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm down with that answer 100. percent Unless you have any other, um... no actor and I, I mean no, I think that's a very good guess. I can't speculate on who else it would be because honestly, I really don't remember any sort of plot details from the show. I just remember that theme song and that my sister liked it. <laughs> All right, we're going to say Orson Welles. That's correct. Hey! Hold hey. well on. All right. Well, Beautiful thing. That's three and three, right? It is. Okay, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with some miscorrections and our second round of trivia. Oh, yeah. And it's time for some missed corrections. Miscorrections. Okay. So we found out James Madison. Fourth president. Yeah. You were close. His vice president's name, George Clinton. <laughs> and he had his own parliament. <laughs> and it was Funkadelic. It was Funkadelic. <laughs> we heard from uh, Johannes. This week, who said right on the first question, the one with the license plate, Lee says Germany, Germany's entry into automobiles is maybe a little bit later. Well, as a German, I must say that you could say that about any country except Germany, since the car was invented here. Carl Benz being the one who so did. 
Mm. And that is true. Um, not sure where I was going with that. We also heard from Adam, uh, Adam Deathstars wrote, Beppo is short for Giuseppe, the Italian name for Joseph. So yeah. there, that's the fill in there. That's how you got there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were, we just had a lucky guess. Yeah. Right? I, I forgot to mention, I guess what it was short for and everything, but you know, it's kind of one of those things you just have to have a knowledge of, I guess, you know, have to know Italian or whatever, because that's a weird stretch going from Giuseppe to Beppo. Yeah. It's that ep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that reminds me, um, I looked up Minestrona is apparently the way to do it or minestrone eh, eh, you know that oh. e is supposed to be pronounced it sounds like a horny sound eh. minestrone <laughs> eh. that's a weird <laughs> horny sound i guess there it's are. like uncanny it's exactly what you sound like <laughs> eh. <laughs> um we also heard from adam as a chicago native marks what did you say i don't even know what this word is gardenia gardeniera gardeniera <laughs> but apparently what is, it is that very wrong it's like this spicy, like carrot and some other stuff mix that's used on like some Italian sandwiches and stuff. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar. It's trunk. It's crunch, crunchy. And Adam says uh, what I call orgiat is pronounced orgiat and is a almond simple syrup, not a liqueur. Thank you for the clarification there, Adam. Just a quick miscorrection here that we just got from uh, Aaron, who. Uh, Gave us the Mai Tai recipe and wrote, oh, my God, we're listening to the no-no. And I hadn't noticed that I left lime off the list. Because <laughs> I was talking about how it didn't have any lime in it. There you go. So uh, that maybe that's another reason why it tasted so strong. I'm miscorrecting myself. Yes, there's supposed to be a full ounce of lime in it. I'm sorry, my dude. Also, Graves' disease does affect your eyes, but as a symptom, not as the source. It makes them bulge right. out. You know, I got into a very interesting conversation with someone today about the the Spanish words for lemon and lime. Did you know that widely in Central and South America, there is no word for lime because they see limes as being unripe lemons. They only use lemon. So the word for lime is lemon, right? Limon, limon. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there is a giant fight in different places as to what you call them. So there's limon and limon as, or uh, amarillo, so there's basically like lime or yellow lime. Um, mm-hmm. okay. There are places where you call both of them lime. <laughs> you say limon for both of them. It is uh, it is very very strange. It's all backwards there. Takes some getting used to, indeed. And uh, also writing Monaco is its own nation. Yeah, which we did not cover. And something here from Claymate of the Year. He writes, I love this question because it is promoting the actual true Mai Tai. Notice there's no pineapple juice, orange juice, amaretto, grenadine, or anything else like that. I can't tell you how many guests we've had over to our tiki bar, and I've offered to make them a Mai Tai, and they respond with, oh, I don't really like sugary drinks, to which I'll get to reply, great, you'll love this. That's true, the uh, drink that we described last week, the Mai, that Mai Tai is not uh, not very sweet at all. No. Um Clay continues, FYI, I still haven't listened yet, but I did notice the first question in the notes. This has um, this is me last night doing a kitty cocktail with a flaming garnish for a friend's kid when they came to visit last night. 
Wow, that is a flaming garbage. So if you want to see this picture, just go on to our Discord. It's been a little over a month since we've had a new uh, Discord person. So Yeah, come on. What the fuck? Who's out there? Show yourselves. Yeah, what the hell? (laughs) We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to write us with a miscorrection, a rate my question, or even just a little no-no, you can write to us at nononsensetrivia.gmail.com or call us at 1-929-356-6966 or find us on social media. And if you've yet to do so... Please take a moment to review or rate our show wherever you like listening to it. There you are. Round two begins now. (laughs) And uh, this is a video games question. Kyle, I suspect I haven't run this question by you, but I suspect you'll know this right away. (laughs) So this might be more geared towards Mark here to sus. In Nintendo's Zelda franchise, what is the term for the sacred relic and symbol of power, wisdom, and courage? That is also the official crest of the royal family of Hyrule. Mm. It's got to be the Triforce, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, wisdom, something, something. Yeah, I was the fact power, that he said wisdom, three and courage. Power, yeah. wisdom, courage. Gonna have to, gonna have to go out on a limb, and I'm gonna try saying <laughs> Triforce. That's right. Hey. You picked up on my built-in hint there, good. and uh, you should feel good about that. Only thirty-eight percent of my teams got that right the night that I asked it. Power, wisdom, courage. There's actually mm-hmm. three goddess stat- statues in uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. That are like the the goddess of wisdom, mm-hmm. the goddess of courage. They're the protectors of each piece of the Triforce. Yeah, and yeah, and so they um, you can visit them and uh, give them dragon parts, and they'll give you treasure. Word. I in Breath of the Wild or in Tears of the Kingdom. Both. There's okay. actually a really really. Cool I was gonna say the the goddesses. I think they they run in almost mm-hmm. every every game. Yes, it's the. Gosh, what is it called? The Fountain, I think. The Fountain of Courage is like there's like different spots, but yeah, there's some really cool quests in Breath of the Wild actually that are tied to those uh, those statues. Right on. You all ready? Yeah. More gaming discussion on our Discord, by the way. Perfect. My first question of the second round: What is a loom mechanism for weaving small patterns, and also a character in the Harry Potter series? Dobby. I was just thinking Dobby. I don't know why. It sounds like a like the name of a tool. Mm-hmm. He's a total tool. Anyway, yeah, let's go with it. Dobby. A Dobby. Dobby is correct. Way nice. to go, guys. Thank you for the hint. There you go. Wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. <laughs> it's like <laughs> running through the characters' names. Which of these sounds like a small loom? <laughs> a Dobby. Uh, bad smells. My next question. Due to a high amount of hydrogen sulfide in the atmosphere, which planet is believed to smell similar to rotten eggs? Due to a high amount of hydrogen sulfide in the atmosphere, which planet is believed to smell similar to rotten eggs? You have the planet, you go, P.U., stinky. I think it might be Venus. You would think that, wouldn't you? (laughs) It's known for having a high amount of gas. Isn't it the, the one uh, that, like, or maybe it's Jupiter. I guess that one is, like, the most notoriously gaseous. Well, it is true that you go to Jupiter to get more stupider. Mm-hmm. But yes, you don't go up there for the correct. big stink, mm-hmm. I don't think. <laughs> There's only one smellier place in the world. Yeah. And that's Uranus. Uranus. Yeah. No. Uranus. <laughs> Want to be clear here. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. (laughs) I think it's Uranus or Uranus. Yes. 
Do you know it to be true, Mark? Right? I do know it to be true. Okay, That's right. Let's go. Yeah. Because I asked this, and you guys did indeed write down Venus. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. What and happened there? Now I'm the biggest learner. We just thought the same way she did, probably, that it's very it's known to have a uh, high amount of acid rain mm-hmm. and mm. acidity, uh-huh. and because of that, gas. So, so nobody at your table picked up on my crude joke, is what you're telling me? Well, I mean... Because you're talking about it being stinky, it could not be so tongue-in-cheek, but... It was. Yes. That's what I loved about it. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, a perfect answer here. Stinky but yeah, Venus. I wouldn't feel too bad about that. A lot of teams did write down Venus. There were a few that wrote down Jupiter as well. Only 17% of my team is getting Uranus correct. Mm. God damn you. Well, geez. Here is your next question. In what sport would you find a picador? In what sport would you find a picador? P-I-C-A-D-O-R. Badminton? Hmm. Is that the name of the ball with the thing on it? No, that's called a shuttlecock. Oh, it is called a shuttlecock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I want your shuttlecock. So, uh, oh. luchador at night. Nice. Put that Thank behind you. a paywall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bonus content, baby. No, no, after dark. <laughs> Only no nos. Only no nos. <laughs> We're paying Kyle uh, good money to say words that are vaguely sexual that have sex words in them. Mm-hmm. A luchador is a wrestler. A mm-hmm. matador is a bullfighter. Mm-hmm. A picador is somebody who is not trying to get run over during the running of the bulls. Is that a sport? Is bullfighting, bull running? Bull, bull running is different than bullfighting. And, uh, well, okay, so pika means little, right? Pika, pika, picador. I mean, matador is Spanish, luchador is Spanish. So I'm thinking it's a Spanish sport. Pica pequeño means small in Spanish, mm-hmm. not pica. Okay. Um, you can, it was, did, how did you word it? You can find a picador. Mm-hmm. You can find a picador. And what's because they're so tiny. You got to look for them. <laughs> You're a little tiny athlete. You're a little guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't think it's the people that are trying to run from the bulls? A picador and yeah. a matador. Well, matador would be a like a bullfighter. Mm-hmm. So maybe a picador is a coward. <laughs> I don't know what you would call. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to bullfighting, it's just yeah, the bull and see the matador. That. You, That's man. it. Mm-hmm. You just look like a coward running away. You know, picador. I don't fucking know. I have no idea. I I don't. I'm I'm not really a sports person. And this seems like this is even seems like it may be an obscure sport unless I'm I mean, even if it's not an obscure sport, again, not don't know shit about sports. <laughs> so it could be something. Is it like common. a highlight player? Maybe Picador. I feel like I've heard this phrase before this this term. Have you? Hmm. Sound familiar? I at all? think Picador is the name of like a publishing company. I think that's why it sounds familiar to me. Mm. 
maybe it's like a polo. Because I think the logo for Picador is like a dude on a horse. I don't know. Really? I could be I could be completely wrong here, but mm. Picador, I'm pretty sure, is the publishing company, and there's like a logo. So maybe a polo player. They're not a jockey because they're not racing, but they're a Picador. Maybe. Polo is a Spanish sport. But you, you're. I think you're getting caught up on the Spanish thing. Picador doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be Spanish. I mean, Spanish word. And I mean, polo sounds like it could be Spanish. I think polo is European. I don't Spain know. Spain is in Europe. Spain. I mean, I don't know. I'm just like, I could be completely wrong here. I could be going in the complete wrong direction here. Let's go with polo. Okay. Polo. Sorry, that's incorrect. <sighs> A picador is one of the pair of horse-mounted bullfighters in a Spanish-style bullfight that jab the bull with a lance. Oh, wow. So it is bullfighting. Yes. But it's not like a matador who's trying to evade or antagonize the bullfighter. It's, it's so like a... It is trying to... Jousting, it sounds like. Well, it's... Or, it's no, they're getting the bull angry. Yes. Yeah. Did you say they ride the bull? They ride a horse out there. They ride a horse. Oh. Get the, the bull angry. A bunch of stuff. Get. The picador has three main functions in a traditional bullfight. To pierce the muscle on the back of the bull's neck in order to straighten the bull's charge. Fa- to fatigue the bull's neck muscles and general stamina as it tries to lift the horse with its head. And to lower the bull's head in preparation for the next stage. Wow. If the public feels that a picador is better than the bull, the public will whistle, boo, or jeer as they see fit. Hmm. My mom said she went to a bullfight when she was in Spain, and she said it was fucking horrific. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Sounds pretty brutal. All right. My uh, third question for you this round. Historical garments. When Ilhan Omar was sworn into Congress. Wait, I talked to you about you this, too. You did talk to me about I'm not going to... All right, well... I would have gotten gonna, it right. I'm going to read this question because... No, I'm not. That's fine. We've already done this twice. <laughs> I was going to try and get the behind the scenes, but <laughs> oh, gotcha. I feel like there was some actual drama about this uh, This one. Yeah, there, there was. was. There was a little bit. Maybe I do want to ask it then. When Ilhan Omar was sworn into Congress, she wore what kind of head covering, marking the lifting of a 181-year-old ban prohibiting the wearing of any kind of headwear in the chamber. And this was a question that I asked that Ollie's and Mark, I'm assuming that there was uh, some deliberation on your team because when I got your answer sheet, this was the final question of the night. It was the wager question. And uh, there were a couple answers crossed out. Yeah. So, I mean, initially Jamie had taken the form and, um, well, first, uh, Kyle, do you want to give the answer here? Yes. And actually we did, you did ask me this, uh, question a couple days ago and I immediately guessed hijab. Right. And that is the correct answer. Yes. So Mark, you guys wrote down, well, you can. So Jamie takes the answer sheet and writes down hijab. And, you know, I know you and I know your style of trivia asking to an extent and not to gamify it too much. I mean, in any trivia in any quiz masters trivia, their hardest question is the last question. And a lot of times that means 
seemingly obvious answer makes it unlikely for it to be obvious. So the woman's name definitely came off as something that like maybe as someone of that has partakes in the Islamic faith, a Muslim. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, hijab is the obvious answer when it comes to that stuff. So it's like, this is probably one of those things where everyone's going to write down hijab, put in 20, but it's going to be some other version so I brought up, there are, it looks like widely, generally, seven types of Islamic veils. There's the Shayla, the Hijab, the Alamira, the Klamar, the Chador, the Niqab, and the Burqa. That is from just your face, but your hair is covered open, which is the Shayla, over down to Burqa, where even your eyes are visible, but they're covered with a veil. So we figured it must have been one other one that was not hijab because hijab just seemed too obvious. So Jamie put down hijab. I said, are you sure? And he said, no, I'm not sure. Got up and went to go sit elsewhere. Fletcher, kind of in the similar state, said, well, I know a niqab, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering these, uh, is another style. Maybe it was that one. And this one is more like everything covered except for the eyes. So we said, sure. So we, we rolled the dice on that and we were wrong. It was hijab. Yeah. And he, Fletcher was talking to me after the quiz and he was kind of complaining about, I guess, some of the ease of my higher point questions. Um, and I mentioned this to him and I'll mention it here that sometimes it's not like um, necessarily that, oh, five point question is going to be the most difficult question in the world. It's balanced towards the players. So like this week, I had a five-point question about Full House asking what the Tanner family's dog name was on the series. Now, if you watch Full House, that's not a difficult question. But I'm guessing that most people have not caught the reboot series and haven't watched Full House in probably a couple decades. So maybe it's a deeper pull. So if I have other niche categories, because I do the category requests, like a like Minecraft or something like that, I might put an easier question in a five-point slot if it's balanced out with some other niche categories. And the more mainstream categories will get, you know, the four and three-point designation. And sometimes for the last question, I do like asking an easier question because it shakes up the leaderboard. Um, there is the, you know, side effect, I guess, that... If you try to metagame it, you know, you don't know, is this going to be the easy question this week or is it going to be a typical difficult question? And I think that's just, you know, the quiz master's prerogative, basically. And uh, it's a bit of a gamble when you make a wager. You guys, thankfully, did not wager uh, that big. Right. I think you guys only wagered one point. So that was that was smart of you. I think even if we wagered hijab, we probably would have gone low on it because we probably would have been worried on the opposite end. We were we were in second place. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, a lot to gain, a lot to lose if anybody else got it right. So, you know, it is what it is. Historical garments was the requested category by our biggest learner of the week. So that was our, our final wager category. And I thought that that was, uh, yeah, it was a historical garment in recent recent events. You're a numbers guy. Do you, do you track how many teams come back uh, after getting the biggest learner and have that advantage is it a high number yeah it's it's most most uh i can i can think more often 
of times where it didn't happen and that was like unique, I guess. Like oh. there was like once a couple weeks ago where a team did not come back and before that I I can't remember actually the time before that. So usually uh it is a returning team. Interesting. Yeah. And that's what it's intended to do, you know. Um of and I've uh, there's also been a fair amount of times where a team that came in last place would come in first uh, the next week from benefiting from that question. So I think it's effective as well. You got a last question for the round? Oh, uh, <clears throat> sure. I thought you'd never ask. One of the show's longest running cast members, which Saturday Night Live alum or alum holds the record for delivering the line live from New York it's Saturday night, approximately 75 times. So it's one of the longest cast members. One of the show's longest running cast members. I feel like in cold opens, Daryl Hammond was, uh, he was a long running cast member and he was in the cold open a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might've played. President Clinton and President Bush. Um, Will Ferrell obviously took over as the big Bush actor mm-hmm. during that era of SNL because, well, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, he was good at it, but he, I'm saying that because he he also did like a like a one man show, like a theater show uh, as Bush. But um, early on, they were trying to get a few different, I think. Uh, cast members to try out the George W. Bush. And I think Daryl Hammond was part of that. And they usually did the political shows in the cold or the, the political bits in the cold open. Uh-huh. So that would be a guess. I think Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Keenan Thompson. I was, I was actually, my first thought was Keenan Thompson, but I'm also, I haven't really watched that much SNL. Um, he's a newer cast member, he's but he newer, has a long running But he's, run, I feel one. like he's been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, when I was like, I feel like before I even moved to Colorado, but that's probably way too long. I remember hearing about Keenan Thompson being on SNL, um, which was like over a decade ago. Um, yeah, we're getting old. Yeah. Tim Meadows. So, I, I mean, I feel like you've watched more SNL than me. So My gut says Daryl Hammond. Okay, then let's go with Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond. That is correct. Hey. Daryl Hammond. All right. Good cool. job. Thank you. Well, that's round two. Hmm. Let's take another break, and then we'll come back and got uh, two rate my questions here, actually. Holy okay. shit. Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. back and it's time for a rate my question my questions Rate my question hi we got something here from kink a lot damn you beautiful beasts you if that wasn't an intro i have nay clue what is also no kink shaming kinky mofos i'm scotch you geese by the way lisbon then edinburgh just for mark not really. 
quote, one of your favorite words, portmanteau, has another meaning. What is it? Do you remember this? We've talked about this before. I vaguely remember talking about it before. As a matter of fact, I just saw something recently that said portmanteau is itself a portmanteau. Right. It's where it gets its name from. And I believe it is a uh, type of suitcase, like a French suitcase. And the idea being that a portmanteau is like having like a word wrapped up in another word. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Kinkalot. Kinkalot continues. Love you guys. Keep on quizzing all over me five times over only, please. Okay. (laughs) Kinkalot. Hey, Kinkalot living up to his name. Go wild. Yep. All right. Uh, so one of your favorite words, portmanteau, has another meaning. What is it? Should we rate this? I don't know if this was a rate my question submission. I think maybe Kinkalot just wanted to share this, but it's um, interesting subject matter. Yeah. Um, the wording of it's a little funky. I don't know exactly. Did he put an answer? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly the answer he's looking for if he's, if he's asking that... Is it a he? I don't know. I I guess I shouldn't assume the gender. I apologize. If it's something that they... um, I I guess it would help to know what the answer is. If the the real question is, what does it mean in the other language, then I would rate it pretty high. I would just need to, you know, clear the wording up a little bit. Maybe an A minus. Google says a large trunk or suitcase. Okay. But I mean the wording opening of it was, in two equal parts. Huh? Uh a large trunk or suitcase typically made of stiff leather and opening into two equal parts. So I mean I guess the other question here is is does portmanteau mean something else aside from There are two definitions that come up when I uh, Google portmanteau. Okay. And the number one image is of uh the suitcase so so it's got to be the suitcase i i think so yeah <sighs> okay uh the wording is a little weird i mean maybe something like the word portmanteau aside from meaning a word that is comprised of two words and put together is also french for what object yeah you know, something because the wording of it kind of had me a little stunted did you feel the same way yeah I'll give this an IX. It's interesting. It's uh, not the most popular subject matter. I'll give it a lowercase p because sometimes people want vocabulary and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, you know, good to suss, suss over, but it needs a built-in hint and it needs uh, to be rewritten a little bit in much the same way that you you had. How many motherfuckers does that bad boy get? Mm, two and a half. I mean, it's an interesting question, but it again, same critique, you know. We also heard from Steve, wrote, Hey guys, I discovered your podcast not long ago and have been binging the hell out of it. I love it so much I just subscribed to a year of your Patreon. Ooh, what a guy. Steve? Steve. Steve, thank you. Oh, God bless you. So I can start from the beginning, even though I'm sure I'll knock out the first 200 episodes in a month. Okay, challenge accepted, Steve. Yeah, please. The rapport you Tell two, two have. friends. <laughs> The rapport you two have, coupled with the casual conversation and always interesting trivia, makes this my favorite podcast I have listened to in a long, long time. It's also helped me a few times recently at my weekly trivia night. 
Steve, you don't live in Key West, do you? You're not going up to Mary Ellen's, are you? Steerad. <laughs> Steerad. Uh, Steve continues, and I think that, by the way, I mean, that's, is that another person saying that they heard our questions or it's, I guess it could be coincidence, you know, it depends on how the question is asked. I would love to hear back and see if like, yes, it, it was those questions verbatim or if it was just similar subject matter. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm interested. That's what has me saying. I just want to talk to him. I just want to, baby, <laughs> just give me a chance to talk to you. Anyway, Steve uh, continues here. I have a rate my question for y'all about one of my favorite entertainers. What stand-up comedian turned actor whose film debut was in 1999 befriended an octogenarian homeless woman living in a laundromat, bringing her as his date to a number of his movie's premieres? What stand-up comedian turned actor whose film debut was in 1999 befriended an octogenarian homeless woman living in a laundromat, bringing her as his date to a number of his movies' premieres? What does octogenarian mean? 80. Oh, yeah. In the 80s. Mm-hmm. So in their 80s. she's an older woman. Yep. Yes. Uh, comedian brings elderly woman with him. Stand-up comedian who became a movie star in 1999. Mm-hmm. Yep. So someone that started out as a stand-up comedian and then became an actor. When did Chairman of the Board with Carrot Top come out? Oof. Good question. I feel like I wouldn't call Carrot Top a comedian turned actor, though. He's a comedian. You he know? was the star of the movie Chairman of the Board. <laughs> okay. One movie. <laughs> um, Louis C.K. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, uh, I th- I'm pretty positive that Half-Baked came out before then. Mm. John and- Stewart? No. John Stewart was in Big Daddy. Norm McDonald. When did Dirty Work come out? Can I hear the question one more time? What stand-up comedian turned actor whose film debut was in 1999 befriended an octogenarian homeless woman living in a laundromat, bringing her as his date to a number of his movies' premieres? A number of his movies' premieres. Number of premieres. I know I've heard this story before. Yeah, this sounds very familiar. Jerry Seinfeld? No, Seinfeld started earlier than 90. Well, movie. So, yeah, that's the thing. That's That's what's tricky is that it's actor who had their film debut in 99. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Seinfeld wouldn't bring anybody older than 17 to a movie theater. (laughs) True that. I think it's somebody. I feel like I vaguely remember hearing this story as well, and I feel like it might be like. A film debut in 99, early so 2000s. Who was in a lot of movies in the early 2000s? <clears throat> who used to be a comedian? Who was like... Chris Rock? No, he was in movies way before 99. I don't also, know why, but I feel like it might be like like a young... Like, was young. Like, you know, like kind of a young hot shot from like the early 2000s. Like like a Jimmy Fallon who everyone thought was really funny. Not Jimmy Fallon. I don't think it's Jimmy Fallon. 
But like somebody well, like him or like maybe like a Dimitri Martin. We also need to consider someone that's probably not married, right? At least because back then. if mm-hmm. they're, yeah, because if they're going to these things and their plus one is an octogenarian woman who lived in like their front stoop, I think most of their wives would be pretty pissed off. Yeah. Um, well, they just don't appreciate the bit. <laughs> Um, damn. Dane Cook? When did Mystery Men come out? But he's another one who wouldn't... Yeah, premieres. I don't know that he was doing enough stuff. It's not Dennis Leary. Um, you don't think it's Norm MacDonald? When did Dirty Work come out? That was before 99, wasn't it? I think so. Was he... I mean, the way this question is making it sound to me is that it's a stand-up comedian who did stand-up and then transitioned into acting and now does most is an actor and doesn't really do stand-up mm-hmm. so much anymore. So, yeah. and I feel like Norm Macdonald, that's not he doesn't really yeah. fit that. He's he yeah. was in some movies, but he's a comedian. He, yeah, I think Dirty Work came out before '99 anyway, so I'm giving that up. What about Jim Carrey? He made his film debut before 99. Way before 99. 94 was his big year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, wow. Same year uh, we lost Kurt Cobain. Stand he became famous. Turned <laughs> I don't know what you're suggesting. <laughs> um, hey, all I'm doing is spitting off facts. The fact that you're thinking I'm suggesting something may mean that you're suggesting something. I think you're suggesting something. Mm, I think I you need to call the Art Bell show. See what he thinks. Uh, isn't he dead? Yes. <laughs> I'll hit him up. On the I just played and... a game that was inspired by a, a call from that show. It's like a 20 minute video game. 25 minutes or so called incident at Grove Lake. It's free to download on PC and I would recommend it. It's a, if you like independent horror video games, it's like a found footage style game. It's pretty, pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. What if it's like Andy Samberg? That seems like an Andy Samberg thing to do. Or Bill Hader. 99? Yeah. Bill Hader. That's interesting. Was he a stand-up comic? I don't think he was a stand-up comic. I'm sure he did stand-up. I mean, he's known for being a writer, like, behind the scenes and, like, he was on SNL. Kind of makes me wonder how you say someone's stand-up or not. If they've ever done stand-up ever. Well, I know that... To me, it reads stand-up comedian, meaning they made their living as a stand-up comedian. Bill Hader uh, went to Second City. Yeah, that's so that's that's not stand-up, though. That's improv, right? Mm-hmm. That's... Different, different but, things. Yeah, I mean, but people but... can do stand-up still. Mm-hmm. They could it's do not one or the other. To me, this, this sounds like they were known as a stand-up comedian. And then they became an actor. They were like professionally a stand-up comedian. Not like dabbling in it. Not like doing it on the side while they were doing improv. They were a stand-up comic. You know, they were on, maybe they had had a Comedy Central thing. Matt Reif. Yeah, this is a name I've heard, but I I don't know anything about him, but already controversial. I keep hearing his name everywhere. From the first go. I I think it is absolutely 100% his marketing team. Getting people to ask, are you going to go to the Matt Rice show? And just like drumming up, 
drama. Well, I've only seen it from friends, though. Like people are like, well, by now it's gotten guy? out because yeah. you know you're you're bound because you hear about this and you get FOMO. How am I going to miss Matt Reif? Well, who in the fuck is he? I don't know, but everybody wants to be there, so I need to be there. Is and that what's I mean, happening? Is it like a I think I think that's partially what's out. happening. Now I think it's also driven a lot of people there. He's I, I guess a, an a, attractive guy to some to a lot of people. So there's that, and then apparently he's actually kind of funny. He does some crowd work and stuff. I watched a little bit of him, and it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't hilarious. It was fine, but I think when you when you get that FOMO going, and everyone's like. I got to get tickets because they're ungettable. Then it just drives up the price and drives up the insanity. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. It's wild. I don't think he's the answer to the question, though, here. Well, what do you think of Andy Samberg? Was Andy Samberg known for his stand-up? And did he make a film debut in 99? That seems very early for him. He's He's like... I don't know. He's older than you. But Lonely Island didn't hit until like 2003, 2004 on like Saturday Night Live. And that was like their big mainstream breakout. Jonah Hill? No, he's younger than Andy Samberg. Um, hmm. And does he, did he do stand up? Seth Rogen? That. See, so did Seth Rogen do stand up? But I thought his first movie was Donnie Darko. 99. That was not 99. Was that 99? No, no, no. That was 2000. You're probably right. Two. It's probably a little bit later. Was he in that? That was either 2001 mm-hmm. or 2000. He had like a bit part. He was a bully. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll have to dust off my Donnie Darko DVD. Ugh, that movie gave me the fucking creeps, y'all. <laughs> There's a good commentary with the director and uh, Maddening and Kevin Smith. Maddening. Yeah. When they show the inside spoiler alert for Donnie Darko, if you're fucking just waking up after. I'm sure some years. people haven't seen it or don't know what it is. Well, then hit fast forward a couple minutes. The whole thing where they're like, and then here we're looking at the uh, inside uh, area of this um, planes turbine engine, and there's a swirl there. And so that, of course, means we're now going back in time. And I was like, what? <laughs> it does? Because I had no fucking clue. And he's like thinking that everyone understands the symbolism. It's oh, like, that's funny. I, I didn't catch no, that either. I didn't get that at all. And I was like, that's why I'm not going to get into this movie as much as everyone else. Though the bunny suit, very scary. I think of my second viewing, I started kind of really pulling it together. It's a weird one, though, man. It's weird. It's got a kick ass soundtrack. I yes. loved the, that movie. The commentary, as a kid. The commentary track has uh, Kevin Smith is doing the interview. With uh, the director, what's his name? I Richard don't his name. Linkletter. No, no. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I would recommend watching that because every question that you have, Kevin Smith also has that question. <laughs> yeah, what does this mean? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Anyway, who is it? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Ninety nine. Their film debut. Tim I- Meadows. I I'm f- back on Tim Meadows. I feel like it's somebody like the an Andy man? Samberg, like a like a hotshot comedian guy, John Mulvaney, or something like. That's too that's early. Too, that's These, too early for. They John were like Mulvaney. 15 that's what I'm years saying. old. Like who was like a who was like a young like. 
Dana Carvey's too early. I mean, someone's movie. Well, yeah, I'm sorry if you're thinking. And of movie doing and movie debut doesn't mean they starred in the movie. It just means that was when they were in a movie for the first time. An actor. <sighs> Nick Swardson. What? Nick Swardson. No, I heard you. I was disbelieving what you were saying. You don't think it's uh, Adam Sandler's buddy who was in Grandma's Boy and. Oh, that's what he was in, yeah. And he's a weird guy. I'm like the only person in the world that is a nerd that did not like Grandma's Boy as much as everyone else. I think Grandma's Boy is fucking terrible. Yeah, and Lee tried to recently tried Lee does this thing where he'll suggest really bad movies and I'm like, Are you you're kidding? And he's like, Yeah, let's watch it. And like and I'm like, No. And then he'll put it on. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. And he'll like keep like, no, okay, here it is. And then <laughs> And that that was uh that was Grandma's boy for us, and I com- and I complained about it, and then finally he, he was like, "Yeah, this isn't very good." I'm like, "Yeah." See, this yeah. guy's funny because he's like a robot, and I'm like, "That's not funny to me." I just no that understand. to me. So you like? I think you should leave. I feel like it comes from the same place. It's like look at this guy who is taking it too far. Basically, yeah. I just yeah. And, I mean, and those those scenes, I will I will say those scenes make it slightly redeemable for me. The the central antagonist in that movie. In Grandma's Boy. I also don't think, I think very funny. it was very funny. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I was talking to Abby and Mike about it before this, and Mike loves it. And Abby is like, I usually have the same exact sense of humor as him, but for whatever reason, this is one where one place where we part ways. I will say, though, it is true. If you've watched I Think You Should Leave and you don't like it, after you've watched it, watch it again. And I think that the second oh. viewing is always funny. I almost it's think it's not Kyle's sense of humor. I almost think that the reason that they're 15 minutes is so you can watch it twice in a row to make it half an hour. And the second <laughs> time it'll be funnier. Like the only like I remember sell. like we you gotta were watch like, twice. We were like watching it the other night, and I um I there was only one sketch that made me laugh. I'm like, oh, it's because Tim Robinson isn't fucking in it. Which, it was which one? It was it was is this the, was it the new season with uh mm-hmm. it was Tim Meadows right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It and the it wedding. The it's wedding. not enough time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. three seconds. And that was funny, yeah. and like he's playing the same character though. I mean, that's like you it's can. Just, it's just it, a lot of people were making that assessment of. So now in this season, there have been like three or four people who are playing famous people that are playing the part of Tim Robinson. But he's had that happen before. He's done the same thing where he plays a straight man, and someone else slowly. Mm-hmm you know, falls into the jaws of insanity. It seems to me that a lot of the sketches are kind of formulaic. It's, it's basically like somebody has an absurd freak out and sees reality in a way that, and they will not compromise, you know, and, and they freak out about it. And then that person plays upon the sympathy of others. Mm -hmm. And then there's a breaking joke. Mm hmm. And that's kind of the the formula, I think, of a lot of the sketches. But that's not to say that they aren't funny. Right. You know, um, because they all have their own situations and stuff. I thought that the guy, the dad who wins the VR game show and he goes on oh a shopping my spree God. and he can't come back to reality. That was <laughs> that's great comedy. There. Yes, it is. It is amazing. And my, my favorite one, maybe from the new season, if anybody watches and cares uh, he plays a character named Jelly Bean who loves like old, um, like silent movies and stuff. And so he goes and it's like telling 73 different stories without a word. 
and he's like very very pumped about doing this and he's like doing a great job of like tipping the hat and playing like the the silent you know i love old stuff you know and then uh and he's like and he'll never say a word if he does you get money and there's like a little ding <laughs> and he's like but i never talk and then they slowly start revealing him like doing something and you hear someone in the crowd say what is that he's like making a sweeping motion <laughs> yes and then he just keeps going. So it's like, I don't what know are you what doing? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like losing his cool already. He's like kind of like one minute. Putting and his then finger he keeps up. Doing, and then two or three people at a time. What is it? What are you doing? And then it starts becoming more and more cacophonous. And then he's like, it's a rank in the ear ding. <laughs> and then you start seeing increasingly more and more that the crowds have now been replaced by frats. And by bachelor parties that are coming out specifically to make him talk and get money from him. And then as soon as he starts doing anything, immediately people are just screaming their heads off. And he's just trying so hard to keep it cool. And again, it's that slow, like even the little talks he does in between scenes, he's becoming more and more desperate. If you don't like old stuff, please don't come to my show. <laughs> it's yeah. so fucking good. God damn. I recommend it as well. <laughs> so should we go Tim Robinson here? <laughs> um Tim Robinson. No. Isn't that his name? Um I don't I don't know that he was a stand-up comedian. No, he wasn't. I mean, trying to think of stand-up comedian. So it would be someone who was a stand-up comedian when I was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be someone who was in a stand-up 90s. comedian, like in yeah. Um who was big on the stand-up comedian scene in the nineties? Um. Um. So, like, a, if just this Chris is just, Rock might be a good guess. He was in movies way before. He was was like he? I'm gonna get ni- you, sucker. Early nineties. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Like, dude, where's my car? Ashton Kutcher. He's not a stand-up comedian. I'm just trying to get my head in the era here. That was yeah. like '99, right? That was '99. The I Matrix. Believe. Um, like I said, I'm think I'm feeling like some kind of young hotshot. Like I don't know why this reeks of Jimmy Fallon to me. I don't think he. I think it's too early for him too. He was he was probably just getting on SNL around '99. Well, I was gonna say like maybe thinking of someone that was in that was on Saturday Night Live in the late '90s, mid to late '90s would be a good start because. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people that do stand up. Oh, I don't know if it's a lot of people that do stand up, but they get that gig. Usually writers and stuff get that gig. And then you end up pumping out some fucking character within a couple of years that could do your own movie where everybody else in the cast is in the movie, too. Yeah. So, I mean, the early 90s was like the Adam Sandler crowd, Chris Farley. It's too early for them. But yeah, Jimmy Fallon and that crew is like a little bit too late. And and who was in that middle period? Was Jermaine Clement a stand-up comedian? I don't know. I don't think so. 99 also, I think too early, probably. For Jermaine Clement? No. That, that would be like perfect timing, but I don't know if he was a First thing comedian. I ever saw him in was Eagle vs. Shark, which was like 2004. He was in movies way before then. He was? Yeah. I don't know, y'all. I honestly, truly don't know. 
this is so annoying because the story sounds familiar. It yeah. does sound so familiar, and I feel like we're like <clears throat> so close. I feel like we're Film so close. Film debut was in '99, right before the falling of the World Trade Center. I was 19 years old. I don't know, man. Steve-O. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, 99. Not Andrew Dice Clay. What comedies came out in 99? It doesn't it's, need to be a comedy. It's a film debut. It's a stand-up comedian. That's probably a comedy. It doesn't have to be, but... I mean, didn't likely. Mystery Men come out in 99? It still could be Dane Cook. But he, but is he a turned actor, though? Maybe not. He didn't really, yeah. I mean, he did a few movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Favorite entertainers. One of Steve's favorite entertainers. Stan McQueen turned Old actor. Steve-O. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like maybe... Steve Carell? You know, that's actually a good guess. Um, he was, didn't he do stand up? I think he did oh, improv. Wait a minute. Hmm. What about Zach Galifianakis? I think mm. he was, a, yeah, that's a good guess. He was a definitely stand-up did stand up transition mm-hmm. to acting. Did hangover come out in 2000 or, uh, 1999? No, that's, way later. Yeah, that's way later. later. Well, mm-hmm. he did other movies though. He did. First. He was like an indie actor. Actually, he was in indie films. So that actually Patton Oswalt. This is opening us up to some other Patton Oswalt possibility. I like Patton Oswalt. Film to be ninety-nine. That That doesn't I mean, I followed him for a while, especially during this this era. I don't remember him doing that. This seems more like a Zach Alphanakis thing. It totally seems like a Zach Alphanakis thing. I'm down with Zach Alphanakis. Ninety nine? Yeah. He's old, babe. But what what did he do? What movie? Like he was in this indie movie in the early two thousands called Imagineering. And it's oh, like that was that was you remember that movie? It was very later than a severance vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was much later than ninety-nine. Well, maybe he was in something before that. I'm just saying like the timing it's dubious. Well, what better guess do we dubious. have? Yeah. But he matches the other part very yeah. much. You can't deny that. And he's been around since Christ. The was tone a child. is right. But ninety nine film debut in ninety nine that tracks for me that doesn't like film debut doesn't mean like starring role it means that's when you started making movies so like it just means that you're in a movie that debuted and you were invited to walk the red carpet and go see it yeah so like he he was in that indie movie he was probably in some and he was the star of that movie so it makes sense if he was in another movie before that in ninety nine I just think in ninety nine I think he was like on premium blend doing stand up. And then, like, a few years later, he was doing the Comedians of Comedy Tour, and they made a documentary on that. And then he did some indie films, and then he did The Hangover. I just don't think it's him. But I, it's you just, know, like, it's our strongest here's, guess. Here's but the thing, though. I like, think- I mean, he was in these indie films. You don't just start. I mean, some people get lucky that way. Like, you break into movies, and you, like, get a starring role. So, like, he was, like, the lead role in that movie. So, like, it would make sense that he was in other movies before that where he was, like, what? What about David Cross? I've, he, no, no. He was in Men in Black, which came out in 98. 
Yeah. And he's probably in a bunch of movies yeah. before that, too. Yeah. I'm telling you, Zach Galifianakis, I think, is our best bet. Mark? I mean, I'm fine with sussing more, but I think we've hit our sus limit. Yeah. I can just hear you editing like crazy already. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see what Steve says. We'll go with Zach Galifianakis. You're right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Very impressive. My love. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was Mark's suggestion, but I was like, that's totally it. Like based on the information and the timing of everything. What movie was his debut? I'm going to look it up right now. It There was just something that all of a sudden hit me when I was thinking of stand-up comedians. And Zach Galifianakis just came to me and I was like, this is totally the kind of guy that would bring a fucking homeless woman. Yeah. And fucking, this is the kind of guy who, it just seemed to all add up. Yeah. Lee's concept of time is not great i don't think oh you <laughs> so you you're telling me you saw uh flushed in 1999 no i'm just no it's just you're saying no that's too early and i'm like no that that tracks like what else we got here i think he was multiple things in 99 yeah and he was bit parts in those movies <clears throat> on probably. tv he had five episodes in boston common five episodes in apartment 2f this says in 1997 even earlier. He was in Flushed. Is this a movie? The King and Me, Zach, Pizza Boy, Short, 1999. I don't think that counts. IMDb only has 1999, that the short film. Hmm. He was uh, played the role of Bill in Heartbreakers in 2001, and he was in Bubble Boy as well as Corky Romano in 2001. Go. And Out Cold in 2001. He was getting a lot of work. All right, well, huh, that's weird. When I search Google, it says Flush came out in 99, but when I go on IMDb, it says 97. What's Wikipedia say? Flushed, 1999. Maybe it didn't come out. IMDb is wrong, it looks like. Okay. Satisfyingly raunchy, says the Village Voice. Inspired and outrageous, the Los Angeles Times. Hell yeah. A series of comic vignettes that take place primarily in a nightclub women's and men's room. And is that him on the cover? Oh my God. A little baby. Whoa. Whoa. What is this movie? Flushed. Wow. Now I get the title. Get that beard ASAP, my dude. So strange. Directed, written, and edited by Carrie and Zell. All right. Well, it also has the Sklar brothers in it. Oh, okay. wow. Miriam Shore and Benjamin Byron Davis also co-star. All right. Um, well, let's rate this question. What stand-up comedian turned actor whose film debut was in 1999 befriended an octogenarian homeless woman living in his laundromat bringing her as his date to a number of his movie's premieres. I would give that... Um, I mean, I guess I'll give it five motherfuckers, you know? There's enough hints in there. 
Um, it's it's I like uh, I like questions that like even if they are a little bit challenging, you really have to dig in. <laughs> it's the sus is kind of you know like you can you can go deep on that sus. You know what I mean? And this is definitely one of those questions. Yeah, I mean I got it. Yeah. So it's doable if you got that guy on your team. Um, it was a fun sus. We almost gave up there. It's a tough one, but I think it's a good last question yeah. or, you know, good big pointer. Um, a plus. Love it. I'm going to give this a Pibs X, but I am going to give this a lowercase B. Yeah, a B. I think it's five, fair. if you will. I think that's fair. There um, wasn't really. A, yeah, the, the hint is not very. Yeah, the film debut in, in 99. Nobody's seen that movie. I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you right now. Nobody knows about that movie. If you're a huge fan, you might know of it. But I would use a more notable characteristic of him. Mm-hmm. I would use maybe, you know, of Greek descent. You could go that way. You could uh, mention some of his more popular works or even another more notable story about him um, than this one. You know, I mean, the octogenarian homeless woman living in the laundromat, bringing her as his date to a number of his movies premieres. That to me is not necessarily a built in hint. I mean, we have heard of that. We were like, this sounds familiar. But to me, that is like the capital I interesting. So you could go with something else as your hint, I think, here that's a little bit more recognizable. Just to kind of guide us along because we could have sussed all day on that. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know. I I get where you're coming from, but I think we usually have reverse feelings about this. I think it's enough still to get it. And, um, I would not like, I would not give this an a plus as a three point question. I think that you could easily say of star of such movies as the hangover series, and it would be much, 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 much more sussable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's going very easy with it. You could say uh, former talk show host, you know, or who was a talk show host. That opens it up a little bit. I don't Funny or die? I don't know if you can count those as real talk shows. I yeah. guess you can. If you said talk show host. It's the format. But it's for the purpose of comedy, not for the purpose of information. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah, but I mean, okay, so you could say satirical talk show. Yes, list, but that would be fine. Yeah, that would be fine. Um, but else? I think that it, 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 I would give it an A plus for a difficult question. I think it's got a hint, not as big a hint as you probably want. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The nineteen ninety movie premiere is your hint. Even if you don't know the movie, it sets you up for the right time. Yeah, it gives you a time frame, which I think, mm-hmm. which we were able to suss because which, yeah. we knew he was in a bunch of movies in the early 2000s that he was like a huge role in, which exactly. would make sense if he got his start in the late 90s. Yeah. You won't know the you, movie, but it'll put you in the right area. Yes. You could say who had early roles in Bubble Boy, Corky Romano, and Out Cold, which as niche as those movies are, I think they've been seen by more people than Flushed. Out probably. Cold is the one that I was thinking mm-hmm. of, but I wasn't sure of the name of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well. There's some ideas there, Steve, but yep. interesting question. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for, for writing that in. And if uh, you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Rate us with a write my question. You can email us at nononsensetrivia@gmail.com or call us at 1-929-356-6966. Hey, Kyle. Yeah. Do you have a question? I do. And now I don't want to ask it because it's kind of similar to the last. So that's right. My question. Oh, really? 
I mean, I can ask it anyway. Go sure. for it. All right. Who gives a shit? Do you want to go last? So there's let's okay. keep, yeah, let me go last. Okay. So Mark, I think it's your turn to go okay. first this round. What modern technology word derives from the Czechoslovakian word for forced labor? What modern technology word derives from the Czechoslovakian word for forced labor? Do you get this from the same place you got your uh, medical term, meaning female so. slave? But maybe. Doula? <laughs> um, forced labor. Czechoslovakian. Hmm. And it's a technological term. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Technological Mm. term. Lord. (sighs) I wonder if this is a word that we've used and we just don't even know that it's of Czechoslovakian origin. Possibly. Yeah. Technological. I mean, what are some. Obsolete. Um, Obsolescence. What do you think obsolete means? Obsolete means like out of date. Yeah, but I mean, I guess where do you think it comes from? I'm not sure where it comes from. I don't think that's it. Protocol. That's not specifically a technological term, though. No, and hmm, I'm trying to like think of like technology and like making forced labor Hmm. I'm drawing a blank I just I don't even know where to start there's so many (laughs) technological it's definitely a word you guys have said before yeah un I have no question in my mind I'm sure I've heard you say this word before forced labor Mm -hmm. someone's given away 500 free school desks don't distract me right now so if you need you've done this before we're sussing you guys have kids. I just want to make sure you know they have free school desks. This guy. <laughs> trying to interrupt my sus. Trying to be sweet. What about automatic? Well, auto means self, doesn't it? I think so. Technological term. Defragment. That describes the process, though. It's like a, you know. Yeah, like a, and that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Forced labor. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like technical, like certain technologies that like force things to work, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, we got to come up with a guess. You don't think automatic is a good guess? No. Auto means self. Okay. Well, what do you think then? Maybe Matic is part of it. Not pneumatic. That's air. Matic is is not a bad ending for a guess. It's a good one, actually. We just need to figure out what the forced thing is. What's the prefix? Force-matic. <laughs> we can't go with automatic. Unless it means force originally or something and there was like a change in meaning. I don't know. Uh, Is slave like a Czech word? 
I don't know. Used to be common for like drives that are connected to one be called like a master drive and the secondary drive to be called the slave drive. But obviously that has fallen out of uh, the popular nomenclature and in that as well as in uh, photography. um, I think that there are also systems that that use that as a reference. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't even have a guess. Maybe we should go with obsolete. How is that a technological term? That's like it's it relates to technology. Okay, but it describes it's, not. its you know process of being, you know. I don't. That's the thing. Like I don't think the context matches. So it's I don't not know a about techn- that. It's but obsolete doesn't it. it d- Obsolete only refers to technology. No, That's, it doesn't. Well, what what else does it refer to then? It refer it can refer to anything. Like an obsolete fashion. Yes. I don't know. I mean, I've I've most commonly heard it in reference to technology. Then fine, let's just go with it. Obsolete. Sorry, that's incorrect. Wrong. The definition of obsolete is no longer produced or used out of date. Like, um, like there's, yeah, fashion can be obsolete. Or in biology, of a part or characteristics of an organism less developed than formerly or in a related species. The correct answer I was looking for, surprisingly maybe, is robot. Robot. Forced oh, labor. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That makes sense. All right. Uh, I have a board game history question, and Kyle, this is a question that I uh, I ran past you. So this is a solo question from Mark here. The basis for what two-player strategy game by Milton Bradley was allegedly enjoyed by 18th century Captain Cook so much that before becoming better known by its common modern name, it was originally known as Captain's Mistress. Hmm. One more time. The basis for what two-player strategy game by Milton Bradley was allegedly enjoyed by 18th century Captain Cook so much that before becoming better known by its common name was originally known as Captain's Mistress. So I'm looking for the name that is sold today by Milton Bradley, a two-player strategy game. And the British explorer Captain Cook loved it. Could it be? Oh, you can't play. I actually don't remember this. Oh, well, feel free to suss then. Could it be Battleship? Maybe. It is two players. And I think it's Milton Bradley. I mean, Milton Bradley games, you know, I mean, it would be an early version of Battleship, of course. Um... It could be Connect Four. That's two player, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit more rudimentary, which I think would align more with like early 1800s. Right. I mean, Connect Four is kind of. Or late 1800s. Could Connect Four be more than four players? Not really. No. Or two players. No. 
Because like I was even thinking of like games like Shoots and Ladders. There can be multiple people playing Shoots and Ladders, right? Yes, yes, there can actually. Hundred squares on Shoots and Ladders. I didn't know that. Ten by ten, baby. Good trivia. Board game trivia. Trivia within trivia. Mm-hmm. A poor manteau of trivia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A trivia mantel. What are you thinking over there? Uh, huh? Well, I just remembered the answer. Oh. <laughs> okay. Now you're on your own again. Great. You got a partial sauce at least. Well, this is the last <laughs> thing you can do to help me then since you just remember the answer. Have either of us said the answer so far? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what games were said? <laughs> Shoots and ladders. Battleship. Man, the irony. So juicy. That a fucking captain loved this game so much. Um, Connect Four seems like it would be harder for them to make. Connect Four is just kind of like 3D tic tac toe, yeah? With a bigger board. Yeah, it's, I mean, 3D, I guess. Yeah, it's. Yeah, because you drop mm-hmm. in the things. You're drawing it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Battleship. No, Mark. I'm sorry. The correct answer is Connect 4. Fucking Christ. God damn it. And if you look up uh, Captain's Mistress game on eBay, if you just put in Captain's Mistress, I don't know what is going to come up. But if you put in uh, Captain's oh, Mistress game. You will get uh, some pictures. You can even buy one of a uh, Captain's Mistress board, which looks like this. Uh-huh. See, it's uh-huh. got like a lid that opens up, and then you can drop the stones got in the it. top to connect four. And if you do look up on eBay uh, Captain's Mistress, you will see a line of novels written by me under my pen name, Stephen Lamshank, uh, writing books uh, all about... Making love, uh, sweet, sweet love to a captain's wife uh, once he is out at sea, uh, once where they narrowly get uh, caught by the uh, by the boy of the house named Luthor, um, who catches them in the middle of their love tryst, um, and they have to do a number of things for him so that he will not tell the captain when he comes back home. Again, that is under Stephen Lamshank, and that is... Lamshake with a C, by the way. Yes. Not with a K. A L A M B. S C H A N C. Before we sign off here, Mr. Lambshake, we do have one last question that mm-hmm. Kyle is going to ask us. Yes. Indeed. So, which actor, while starring in a 1997 comedy film, made a cameo appearance in his own film as Fire Marshal Bill, a comedic character developed by the actor for a sketch comedy show? You guys know this. Oh, yeah. This is a very famous character by. Let me show you something. He would say. And he would do the thing with the lips. (laughs) 
And that was one, two, three. Jim, Jim Carrey. Yes, and the film was Liar, Liar. Mm. And it was at the very Pants end. Pants on fire. Yes, the film was Liar, Liar. And he, uh, you could see, in, like, there's a scene towards the end where Fire Marshal Bill is, like, in the background. I like, never noticed that. Me neither. And I've only seen that yeah. movie a couple times, I think. But. I love that. I'm a fan of this. Like, isn't that, like, that is, like, some S-tier cameo. With, like, That's you're amazing. in your own movie. This yeah. isn't this isn't an Eddie Murphy situation. This is like, nah, we're just gonna throw him in there. You can, <laughs> blink if you miss. You might. Yeah, it's an Easter egg almost. Yeah, yeah and cool. uh, yeah, I think especially with the liar liar pants on fire, um, mm, yeah. connection. It's like Fire Marshal mm. Bill because liar liar pants on fire. Interesting. That is God tier. Yeah, that is God tier. It's good. Me. Thank you both for uh, hanging out for this quiz. Thank you for having us both. All thanks, right. baby. And thanks for listening, everyone. Please join us for a new episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can support the no-no in several ways. The easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. Please leave us a written review or a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And you could also support the podcast by buying some merch. There's a link in the show notes for that. Or you can support us on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page, giving you access to bonus content, our full library of episodes, and more. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including a big thanks to our quiz daddies, Rick G, Adam, a.k.a. Dr. A.G.E., Sam Spencer, Blake, a.k.a. Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, Adam Volk, at Esma and Redcrest Kitchen. Also, I think he just got funding for a Redcrest Chicken to open up in its own standalone brick and mortar. Yeah. Uh, reopening that, he was putting all of his funds toward the kitchen concept, but looks like he got enough investors to open that up. So congratulations, um, Tim with Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's Gil. Our team captains, Hayden, Matt, Skyler, Kristen, Fletcher, Lydia, OG, Aaron, and DHX3. Thanks to our proverbial light keepers, Jesse, JV, Clay, Merritt, JB, Paul, James, Josh, Cameron, Stephen, Day, Cy, Caitlin, Mike, Gay, Cole, Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, a.k.a. Mappy1984, Lucas, Carly, Sarah, Cooper, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Ryan, Adam, John, Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F., Justin P., Justin Parthropod, and Justin M., Justin Maluska, and, and Steve, our newest proverbial lightkeeper, Steve. Ah, who we heard thank from you, earlier. Steve, who we heard from earlier. I'm not typing in your name right now. <laughs> that was so my don't bad. even think that I, I usually am, tell Mark why, before we get started here. What I do that, no problem, I'm not writing anything. And I'm definitely not best because I'm getting rid of the W that I put in the word Steve. Um, also, thanks to our Rumble Snailskins, Kinkalot, Christy, Zoe, Brian K, Joey, Emily, Andrew H, Nora, Joe, Hallgast, Mark with a C, Bill, Seth, Bill, Seth, Littlest of Lands, On Kiki, Ian, Andrea, Aleo, Tim, Binsky, Issa, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, Aaron, H-Bomb, Lauren, MJ, Steven, Kenya, Dallas, and all my favorite things from the screen, Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex, and Mike J. 
can reach us at nononsensetrivia at gmail.com or give us a call at 1-929-356-6966. Find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, as well as Twitter. And you can also reach us in the method that Mark is about to explain. If you want to hang out with us throughout the week, you, we have a Discord channel that you can join. That's what I'm talking about. Just check the show notes for that. Come on down. We also have a Facebook group. Say you're not much of a Discord person, that's fine. The link for that is also in our show notes, or if you're familiar at all with how Facebook works, you can just search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, if you don't mind, if you got a minute or two, it's been a little while. Don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five stars only, please. Until next time, No Nonsense listeners. Have a great week.